Dr. Carl Haas was the popular host of nationally syndicated Adventures in Good Music. You can learn more about this series on our web blog, www.classicalmusic.network. And now, here is another episode of these radio broadcasts. Artists come and go. If their contribution during their lifetime is of such stature that they will be unforgettable, then they become legends before they leave this earth. Arturo Toscanini was born 125 years ago today. That calls for a celebration. There is no conductor in history who was simply referred to as Maestro. The name was left out. Maestro meant Toscanini. That's my title today, Maestro. I thought we would begin with a composition which is very well known to everyone, and it shows the prowess, the mastery of this unique conductor. Let us listen to a recording which was made in 1953, that means four years before his death, here in Carnegie Hall. Here is the overture to Rossini's William Tell, and Arturo Toscanini conducts his NBC Symphony Orchestra.
excitement? Could you realize how different this performance of this well-known piece was from almost anything else you ever heard? This was Arturo Toscanini conducting in Carnegie Hall the William Tell Overture of Rossini. He was at the time 86 years of age. The energy is incredible. It exudes anything that ever went before, anything that the composer might have had in mind. Now, this is the guiding light that I tried to use in assembling this program to show how, in well-known compositions, Toscanini excelled, as he did, of course, in everything else he performed. But let us listen to music that we all know in order to realize what genius there was at work here. It was painstaking rehearsals. I had the privilege of attending some of them, they were indeed demanding, not only of the orchestra, but of himself. 
Let me let you in on a little part of a rehearsal of the choral movement of the Beethoven Ninth. Now, there was no choir present. He wouldn't even let the whole orchestra play. He only rehearsed the basses and the cellos in the beginning of that movement. Whatever came that needed to be expressed in sung parts, he sang in his own inimitable manner. Listen to a little bit of this. Ra 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 
and first cellist of the NBC Symphony Orchestra ask a question. The question was answered in singing. Keep in mind when Maestro Toscanini led this particular rehearsal, he was 85 years of age. He did not spare himself. As a matter of fact, it was that energy which kept him going. This is one of the phenomena in the entire world of music. It is always the energy and the involvement that keeps a musician going. Today, on the 125th anniversary of the birth of Arturo Toscanini, this is a program entitled Maestro. How did it all begin? Well, Toscanini was born in Parma, in northern Italy, on March 25th, 1867. He died in his sleep in New York a few weeks before his 90th birthday. It was in 1886, when he was 19 years of age, that he was engaged as cellist for the Italian opera in Rio de Janeiro on the second night of the spring season. He was unexpectedly called upon to substitute for the regular conductor when that regular conductor left the podium 
at the end of the introduction after the public hissed him. The opera was Aida, and Toscanini, 19 years of age, led it without difficulty. He was rewarded by an ovation and was engaged to lead the rest of the season. And when he returned to Italy, he was engaged to conduct the opera at the Teatro Cavignano in Turin, and later conducted the municipal orchestra there as well. That was the beginning. Going back to my premise of using music which is well known to everyone, listen to the excitement that he creates when he conducted, once again, in his mid-80s, the NBC Symphony Orchestra at Carnegie Hall in a suite extracted from Bizet's Carmen.
I was tempted to let go earlier. You simply cannot do that. I also am sure that you could hear all the precision with which this famous suite from Carmen is prepared here. Arturo Toscanini in the NBC Symphony Orchestra. He was a unique figure indeed. Among conductors, he was undemonstrative in his handling of the orchestra. He possessed an amazing energy and power of command. He demanded absolute perfection. And he erupted in violence when he could not obtain from the orchestra what he wanted. As a matter of fact, there was a lawsuit brought against him in Milan when he accidentally injured the concertmaster with a broken violin bow. Well, despite all of these outbreaks of anger, he at times poured on his musicians. He was affectionate. He was known to them as the maestro who could do no wrong. And his ability to communicate his desires to singers and players was extraordinary. And even the most celebrated opera stars or instrumental soloists never dared to question his authority. And yet, when he was relaxed, I remember being invited once to a little party which was given on his train, which was on a siding during a tour. And he found out that one of the second violinists had a birthday. He ordered a big spread of food. He was already past 80, not a wrinkle in his face. He smiled. His face was like a baby face. When he was relaxed, he looked as though he was the kindest man in the world, which he undoubtedly was. Now, I think we ought to get back to the Italian repertoire, and specifically also to that which expresses Italy's history. Let us not forget that he himself, Toscanini, had a social philosophy. He was absolutely democratic. He refused to conduct in Germany under the Nazi regime. He militantly opposed fascism in Italy, but he never abandoned his Italian citizenship despite his long years of residence in America. Listen to him conduct now the famous Vapensiero chorus from Nabucco as the NBC Symphony Orchestra is joined by the NBC Choir, in this in Westminster Choir actually, in this instance conducted by John Finlay Williamson. This was recorded in the famous Studio 8H at Radio City in 1943.
Vapensiero from Nabucco with the Westminster Choir joining the NBC Symphony Orchestra with Arturo Toscanini. And staying with Italian opera for one more example, let's turn to Puccini this time in La Boheme, O Suave Fanciulla, with Lizia Albanese, Jan Pierce, George Janowski, Nicola Moscona, Francesco Valentino. This is from a broadcast which was recorded in 1946. Scrivo ancora tre righe a volo, amici. Non son solo, siamo in due. Andate da me, nette il posto, ci saremo posto. Confusal, 
beautiful excerpt from La Boheme of Puccini with Maestro Toscanini conducting the orchestra along with Licia Albanese, Jan Pierce, George Chehanovsky, Nicola Moscona. Let us also remember in this birthday program honoring the 125th birthday of Toscanini that New York was a special recipient of his gifts. It was in 1926-27 that he was guest conductor of the New York Philharmonic. He returned the following season as associate conductor with Mengelberg, and after the fusion of the New York Philharmonic and the New York Symphony, he was engaged as permanent conductor of the newly organized ensemble. And in the spring of 1930, he took the orchestra on a tour of Europe resigned his position in, the, in 36. He was deeply touched by the plight of the Jews in Germany, and so he acceded to the request of the violinist Hubermann, founder of the Palestine Symphony Orchestra at the time, to conduct the inaugural concert of that orchestra in Tel Aviv in 1936. In the meantime, he had filled summer engagements at the Salzburg festivals, no longer accepted them, after the Anschluss of Austria to Nazi Germany. He indeed was a human being with principles of thought and conviction, along with his musical genius. Let us close this special program with a tribute of Toscanini to America, at, still at war, at the end of the war in 1945. He conducted his own version of what you will recognize without any doubt. I don't need to announce it. <laughs>
listen next week at this time for another episode of Adventures in Good Music with Dr. Carl Haas on classicalmusic.network.